The cell cast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. If it hadn't been for you, I would be now in someone else's digestion. You know there's something you should know, so I'm gonna tell you so. It's Bad Movie Month on the Cellcast. Don't sweat it. Forget it. Enjoy the show. Working all day, now it's time to unwind. Kick back, relax, take a load off your mind. <laughs> I'll be busting the moves and I'll be busting the rhymes. We'll be busting up laughing because it's party time. Everybody's feeling fine because it's party time. Party time. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who um, he just wanted a new home. Welcome, Jacob. Why, thank you. Illuminators, our co-host. A man who just wants his own personal living. Welcome, Drew. I mean, they just pop up. when You when the, the, you never have to worry about breaking them. They're like tribbles, but with faces. Yeah. Scary enough. Yeah. Ah! So, yeah. Of course, we're still in Bad Movie Month here on the Cellcast. And today, we are reviewing... Norm of the North. Help. Of the ones we've read so far, this is only the second one that has made it into an American theater. Yes. This will change next week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a interesting movie. And, yep. Yeah. Technically? It, yes, it is a movie. Yeah. That so, was initially re- supposed to be a, a home release. That's what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that was the thing. So, why don't we go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free thoughts on yeah, this? Exactly. Certified fresh and spoiler-free. Yeah, this is my first viewing of this. I did not watch it when I, when it came out because I saw the trailers and thought, "What were they thinking?" But I did not the one who put this one on the list. That was Jacob. That was me. He only got one um, movie on the list this week, this year on Bad Movie Month. Oh, not because oh, of things, but we had guests and such. Yes. So we actually, both of us only really got one. Yeah, which is totally fine with me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it's not horrendous. No, it's not. It is not Leo the Lion. Oh, Dear Lord, it's not. In some ways, but it's still bad. It's in some ways, I don't think it's as bad as either Titanic film. In ooh, some ways. Ooh, those are interesting words. Uh, it's not even as bad as Food Fight. But mm. it is very cheaply animated. Oh, so cheap. $60 million for a budget. Yeah. It the story leaves. A lot to be desired. Not just, that it's bad, but it's little. like it, it needs some work. And mm. the comedy, oh, they gosh. need an actual comedian to actually look over the script because I don't think they did. Yeah, it's so cringy. I don't even think they must have shown this to anybody to find out if this was even funny to begin they with. They probably did it. No, because this feels like it was cranked out and put on theaters without really even anyone looking at it. They just thought, oh, 
we we we're making a straight to DVD film. We're putting it in theaters. Oh, you are cool. Mm. Uh, you want to look at it first? Nah, we'll just put it in theaters. Well, okay. That's, well, that kind of sounds re- reminiscent of Batman: Mask of the Phantasm because initially Except that was well made. Oh yeah, I agree. I'm not making a comparison to how good these films are, but it was the fact that Phantasm was initially was supposed to go just to DVD mm-hmm. and home video. And then Warner Brothers decided, oh, we want to we want another Batman release. So they cranked up the animation and made this fantastic film called Batman the Mask of the Phantasm. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go watch this film. Unlike this film. Yeah. This feels like what Hollywood producers think is funny and think is entertaining mm-hmm. and think that adults will just leave their kids uh to in front of it for the movie to babysit them Uh, and the thing is i actually have no idea if that was ever done with this film because i'm going to feel bad for the kids who were raised on it yeah i mean i think barney was more entertaining you're not kidding you are so kidding yeah what are your spoiler free thoughts my spoiler free thoughts on this film first this is my first viewing and most likely last viewing. Amen if, to that. If, if, you know, our, our, if by the grace of God, this show continues to the year, you know, for years on that maybe down the line, we'll have to re-review it. That's only going to have to happen if we change the format of the show again that is true and that's probably not going to happen because i think we we are comfortable with this one yes we we are been in this format for what three years three years it's all but like the first 15 films i think yeah something like that so but either or um did i like this film no did not like this film at all um is it serviceable in some ways yes is it terrible in others quite yes um would I recommend this film to anybody? No. And unless you're just so interested in like the the insanity of the story and plot, be like, by all means, go torture yourself on Netflix right now until while October. You still can. While you still can, apparently on October. It's there. So if you want to go see a cringeworthy movie, go watch it on Netflix. We're just warning you, it's not good. Nope. Fair warning. It is not good. Big warning. We had a warning be like flashing right now. But um, yeah, I don't like this film. I don't. Uh, I, I can see maybe where there there's some there's some things where there was some tangible things there, but it was just it's just not good. Mm-hmm. Not a good film. But yeah, that's my spoiler for your thoughts. All right, then let's get into the spoiler filled section of our review for Norm of the North. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the film Norm of the North. Listener discretion is advised. Norm of the North was directed by Trevor Wall, who directed 18 episodes of Sabrina, Secrets of a Teenage Witch. That was the sequel to the animated Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And Lisa Ortiz was the voice director, who also was the primary voice director for the Pokemon anime. Really? Like, that's like 90% of her IMDb is the Pokemon anime. Wow. Including movies. 
It was written by Malcolm T. Goldman, mm -hmm. Stephen Altier, and Daniel Altier. For the cast, we've got Rob Schneider as Norm. And he was Fergie in Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah, I remember that performance. Oy. Heather Graham as Vera. And she played Judy Robinson in 1998's Lost in Space. I do remember that film. I remember enjoying that film mm -hmm. for what it was. Ken Jong played Mr. Green. Ugh. And in Scoob, he played Dino Mutt. That's right. He did play Dino Mutt in that film. Mm -hmm. And it's a far better role than this film. Oh, yeah. Bill Nye was the voice of Socrates. Not so, Crates. That's a better film. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, I'll be like, I totally forgot that's no, um, Bill Nye. Bill Nye, yeah. Yeah, Bill Nye. He, he was Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Combe Meany was the voice of Grandfather Polar Bear. Grandfather Polar Bear. And he played Miles O'Brien in Star Trek, a.k.a. the most important man in Starfleet history, oh, according okay. to Lower Decks. Oh, okay, that's right. Hmm. This was after, this is why he was trying to get out of the Star Trek uh, uh, casting. The, what do you call that? Where, where they typecasting. 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 Mm -hmm. Loretta Devine was the voice of Tamisia, and she played Marla Hendricks in Boston Public. Hmm. And Michael McElton was Lawrence the actor, you know, the one that they got to oh, yeah, yeah, pretend yeah. to be Norm and the thing. Yeah, the yeah, to pretend to be Norm. Yeah. Short and in both Justice Leagues, uh -huh. as in the theatrical cut and Zack Snyder's four hour marathon, uh -huh. <laughs> he played black clad alpha, whoever that was. <laughs> no clue. I haven't seen the film uh, yet. You want to guess Kingdom Hearts connections? Well, according to what you said last week, it was it's a lot higher. We are making up for the last two weeks having none. So I'd probably say like six. Higher. Higher. Nine? Yes. Whoa. Okay. Now, well, that makes sense. In all fairness, yeah. your answer of six would have been correct. Had I not included Smash Brothers. Fair. So starting from the top, Jess Harnell played a male tourist. And he was Dr. Finkelstein and Locke in Kingdom Hearts. Really? Ben Diskin played Chef Kozawa, the uh, sushi chef. Oh. And he is young Xehanort in Kingdom Hearts. Huh. Keith Ferguson was a tourist. And he was Marluxia. In Kingdom Hearts, one of the Organization 13. Oh. Nick Shakur was one of the costumed bears. And he was an additional voice in Kingdom Hearts. Peter Michael, or P it's P-I-O-T-R. So is that Peter? Peter? It's, it's basically, pa not Pietro. Oh, that's right. Because that's, that's it, a it's, different. Uh, it's, it, it's more, it's Russian. So it's Pitor. Piotr, something like that. I yeah. just I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. He was additional voices in this, but he played Sarge in Kingdom Hearts Three, huh. doing his best Arlie Army. Oh, okay, cool. J.K. Bows was the female tourist, and she was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. 
Kate Higgins, who voiced Elizabeth, the uh, polar bear love interest. Oh, gosh. The story that goes nowhere. Mm -hmm. And she was the singer of the song Jump Up Superstar and Break Free, Lead the Way, originally shown in uh, Super Mario Odyssey, but plays in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Huh. Interesting. Mela Lee was the was additional voices in this, and she played a character named Tiki from the Fire Emblem series in Smash Brothers. Hmm. Lastly, Lisa Ortiz, the voice director of this film, is the voice of Oshawott and Fletchling, two Pokemon in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Okay, cool. So that's what I got Kingdom Hearts connections. What do you have in info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff. It has an IMDb score of 3.4 out of 10. It's available to watch currently on Netflix until October. So if you want to watch something very cringy and not so good, go watch it right now on Netflix as Drew walks behind me. Ignore me. <laughs> All right. Production. Uh, it's Lionsgate. It's Lionsgate. Splash Entertainment Assemblage Yeah, Assemblage Entertainment and Tilaga. I'm probably mispronouncing that. So this is a lot of stuff stirring up. Anyways, uh, let's see. It was distributed by Lionsgate, released on January 15th, 2016 here in the United States and March 18th of the same year in Ireland. Box office. It had an estimated budget of $7 million. Somewhere it's 17, sometimes it's 16, whatever. Uh, it's opening weekend. It's opening weekend here in the United States, Canada. It was $6.8 million on June 17th. It's U.S. gross and Canada gross was $17 million. It's International gross was over $330 million. So, yeah, this movie that doesn't do very well, didn't do very be like, is not very well done at all, made some money. That's why it has three sequels. Well, it didn't take much investment. No, it didn't. Oh my gosh. All right. So, getting into home release Norm of the North. Our, yes, Norman North was released on DVD, Blu-ray, and uh, Digital HD on August 19th, 2018, 2016. I'm really glad you, you said that because I was afraid you are going to say it was released in 4K, and I would have gone, why? No, just HD. It doesn't, this one doesn't need to be 4K. No, There's plus, not that many you, pixels. And have you seen the backgrounds? Uh-huh, uh-huh. We'll my, get there. We'll get yeah, there. We'll get there when we get there, right? So, sequels. There are three of these things, people. Three! And there's two shorts. Of course there's two shorts. There's two shorts. Lionsgate's uh, trying to milk this sour oh, milk as far as it can go. It's like a... Is it Illumination who does this? No, this is not Illumination. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that. Be like, it's... No, it's... uh, Hold on. DreamWorks. This it's, is not it, DreamWorks. I, I know that, but I'm referring to the reference they milk everything to death. Everybody... <laughs> Well, that's true. Well, except Pixar. Pixar actually doesn't Pixar know so much. As DreamWorks does. Yeah, DreamWorks. That's what I'm referring and to. And Illumination, all they've, all, they've kind of with the Despicable Me Minion stuff, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. 
All right. So prior to the uh, uh, Blue Sky, actually did a lot of milking with uh, uh, Ice Age. That's right. They did. That is right. All right. So prior to the official release of Norm of the North, two 45 minute direct to DVD sequels were announced titled Norm of the North, Back to the City, and Norm of the North, The Arctic All Stars. On January 22nd, 2018, it was announced that production of a sequel uh, published by Assembly Entertainment along with Splash Entertainment, Lionsgate, and DFG Family had begun. The resulting film, called Norm of the North, Keys to the Kingdom, was given a limited theatrical release on January 11th, 2019 with a home release on february 12 2019 in 2019 two more sequels were announced norm of the north king size adventure and norm of the north family vacation norm of the north king size adventure was released on dvd h dvd blu-ray and digital on June 11, 2019, and Norman North Family Vacation was released on DVD, digital, and on demand. This one didn't get a Blu ray. On demand on February 25th, 2020. The only returning cast member was Maya May of Return to Sequels, and Norm was uh, voiced from then on from by Andrew. I believe I'm pronouncing his name. Mm. So that's all I have for info and stuff. Getting into the summary. Norm, a polar bear, is the son of the king of the Arctic. In his youth, he realizes his ability to speak to humans, a trait only shared by his grandfather. Because of this, he is made an outcast from the other animals, only being accepted by Socrates, a wise seagull, and Elizabeth, a female polar bear whom Norm is in love with. Years later, Norm's grandfather has become the world's most famous polar bear, and human tourists are filling the Arctic. When did that happen? I'm about to say, when did that happen? Socrates shows Norm and three Arctic lemmings a luxury condo that has been installed on the ice. Inside the condo is Vera, a representative for wealthy developer Mr. Green. After Norm saves Vera from an avalanche, she tells him to find an actor to play a polar bear for his campaign. Norm denies this, but only falls... But soon. Norm denies this, but soon falls in love with Vera, much to the jealousy of the Lemmings? What? Where is, where is this in the film? I would love to know that. Wikipedia, what are you smoking? Yeah, that says nothing to do with this film. Uh, okay. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Uh, when his grandfather embarrasses him in front of the sea lions, his grandfather is not there! What the this world? is his uncle or brother yeah it's his brother yeah for the sea lions norm chases a boy named pedro who then discovers norm but just before pedro and norm could get together norm is tranquilized what wait a minute no that's not the film hang on yeah back up back Something up here is weird tell me what you're gonna do now the world i'm going to wikipedia <laughs> i'm wondering if i accidentally got one of the other ones and maybe because that's not the movie I watched. I was like, when did Norm get tranked? Uh, 
No, this is exactly what is listed in Wikipedia's thing. What in the So world? I'm going to continue reading this, even though it's completely inaccurate. When his grandfather embarrasses him in front of the sea lines, Norm chases a boy named Pedro, who then discovers Norm. But just before Pedro and Norm could get together, Norm is tranquilized and taken away from the Arctic, leaving... That's not the movie we watched. Norm freaks out Revere, who's coming next to you as well, but Lenny's discover a filming studio, and they go in over a man wearing... Norm manages for Ganesh. Who is Pedro? Exactly. Who is Pedro? This Pedro is playing a major role in this thing. <laughs> According to this, in the city, Norm pretends to be an actor and auditions for Pedro's commercial and is taken to dinner by Vera. No, that's got to be like the sequel or something. It's got to be the sequel. Has to but this is on Norm of the North. This shows you how bad this film is. They can't even keep the Wikipedia article on it straight. Okay, so here's the one that's a little more Yeah, give me accurate. give me IMDb's. IMDb's is when a real estate developer invades uh invades his Arctic home, Norm and his three lemming friends head to New York City where Norm becomes the mascot of the corporation in an attempt to bring down Bring it down from the inside and protect his homeland. That sounds a little better. But who's Pedro? Yeah, there's now no... I want to know who Pedro is. Maybe watch the sequel. You know what's funny? Pedro's not even listed in the cast list below it. Somebody, I think, copied the wrong one over into Norm of the North. I think so. So now I am curious if I. Is there a link to a sequel on here? No, I don't think there is. Yeah, but there's three sequels, people. Three. Honorable Trace. <laughs> yeah. So my guess is what happened here. Mm -hmm. I have no idea if this is true. My guess is there was an, uh, another article for whatever number Norm of the North 2 was called. Mm-hmm. It had a much better. It had it had one a, a thing, but they decided it was didn't make sense to have two Wikipedia articles for this franchise, so they tried to combine it and someone put the wrong plot in the plot. Yeah. So or, or heck, even the one from uh, Netflix is better. When a greedy developer wants to build Congos condos in the Arctic, a polar bear by the name of Norm tr Norm travels to New York City to find a way to save his peaceful homeland. Either that, a little better. Either that's what happened, or somebody has uh, vandalized the Norm of the North Wikipedia article, and nobody's caught it until today. And I ain't changing it. <laughs> so why don't we go into the trivia? How about that? Yeah, let's let's go into trivia that. for this one. Chicago comedian Matt Barn did a performance art piece claiming he directed this film yeah. until he received a cease and desist letter. Why Why would you take credit for... I don't know! Why? Production on this took six years with several delays and rewrites. The first draft of the script had several references to Happy Feet. Oh. Studio execs worried the film was too similar and ordered the writers to rewrite the entire film. Surprise. Hold on. What? Say that one more the time. The first draft of the script had several references to Happy Feet 2006. Oh. Studio execs worried the film was too similar to that film and ordered the writers to rewrite the entire thing. Couldn't they get a bunch of different writers or better writers? 
Maybe we got some well, common sense. They probably didn't because this film was originally going to be straight to DVD That's before the, the studio decided to put it in theaters. Why Lionsgate? Why? Warner Brothers, you are not. I disagree with this particular piece of trivia, but I'm going to read it anyway. Okay. The North in this film's title is in the is the Canadian Arctic. Well, they said it was the polar north, the the the, pol the Arctic itself, not the Canadian. That is true, but just for maybe more clarification, how these people come down to get to New York. Be like, yeah, you're having to go around Canada. Yeah, you, yeah, but, <coughs> but, yeah, I can see you gotta, but that, that that's assuming you are coming down through Greenland. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to point out that the distance between Greenland and Canada is fairly small. True. And only, and, and, and only recently got an official border like in the last two years. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll we'll go we'll talk about that later gotcha rob schneider's third time this is rob schneider's third time voice acting in a theatrical film mm -hmm. after eight crazy nights in 2002 and the reef in 2006 really this is bill nye's fifth animated film after flushed away in 2006 astro boy in 2009 rango in 2011 and arthur christmas also in 2011 this is Ken Jong's fifth animated film after Despicable Me in 2010, Despicable Me 2 in 2013, Turbo in 2013, and Penguins of Madagascar 2014. This film reunites Star Trek Deep Space Nine actors Cole Meany, who was uh, a ch a Chief Miles O'Brien on okay. that show, right, right, right. and Salome Jens. I didn't catch who she played in Norm, except for maybe additional voices. Mm -hmm. But in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, she was the female, the leader of the female. Well, she was the female changeling, is how she's credited. Okay. But, but for those who don't know who that is, that was basically the leader of the Dominion, who the Federation ah. was in a war with for the last four seasons of that show. <laughs> so, main villain, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe. But that's what all I've got in uh, trivia. <sighs> do you have a like for this film? Uh, I do actually. Okay. What is your like for this? Okay, film? my first. For your like, first like. My first like. It concluded. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be like, I'm watching this film and being so bored from its lackluster storytelling and animation. The whole enchilada. They're like, this movie is not funny at all it's supposed to be funny it's not so the entire time i'm sitting there it's like when is this thing gonna be over and it finally concludes i'm like it's over i can go watch something else so that's like it ended <laughs> what is your first is like if you have one my first like for this film uh they didn't kill grandpa you like that that they didn't kill him yeah okay here's the thing they introduce him in the beginning uh-huh and then they say he disappeared and i'm thinking okay did he die oh and that did regard. he run off mm -hmm. did he was he a sleaze bag and they just don't want to say that in a kid's film and if so why did you include that in there uh 
but I kept thinking, okay, somehow he's going to be, we're going to have to run into it at some yeah. point. Otherwise this is going to be a stupid plot point to bring up as to why, uh, Norm and why the, the, the Arctic people feel this way about not caring about what happened to what grandfather said. Yeah. So the fact that logically he's in New York, which makes sense Two, he's well, since he is cat was captured by Mr. Green, which admittedly doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense either. But the fact that, uh, Norm is able to have the intelligence and to use his nose to smell his grandfather in the building. Which is so weird. Okay. Well, I mean, he's a polar bear. He should be able to do that. That at least logically made sense. Okay. And the fact that Norm's grandfather sent the message back through the lemmings, do not save me. Be a king. Because you're the one who's going to be king. He didn't beg. He didn't do anything crazy. He was like, Go do your job, and then if you got time, come take care of me. Otherwise, I will see you in the afterlife, basically. Yeah. So it's like, they didn't kill him, and he actually, and there wasn't this whole thing. It's like, I got to save my grandpa. I think there was yeah, that there, at one, there is at one point, but it was not the, it was never this point where it's like, I've got to pick one between the other. The actual plan that involved getting grandpa was because Norm needed another polar bear to do something. Pretty much. That was it. And it's like kind of a dumb plot. It's a dumb plot point, but it's like, mm. okay, yeah, actually, it. I appreciated that if you have this character in there and you're going to put him in New York and have him captured by Mr. Green, it doesn't take the whole movie for you to stupidly realize that the main villain of this thing is the one who's got your grandpa. Yeah. So Norm had some intelligence. Some. 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 We can see this. Some. Yes. Do you have any other likes? Uh, I would say my number two, but like there's some talent behind what was going on. Yes. Some talent. Be like you can tell where like they're they're trying to do their best with their little budget, but it's not very well. It's not um, great. That's but, because this is a film that took first takes and didn't take any others. Apparently. Apparently. But like you you can see like there are some talent behind things, but it's just squandered beyond belief. But yeah, you you can see some talent. You can see a, a a glimmer. Be like you get a crack in the fissure. It's just like you can just see it, just mm -hmm. a little bit, a little bit. You know, it, it's it's like uh, the monkey king stuck in the rock. You can see him, but he can't get out. Right. Yeah. I followed that reference. Huh. Good. I don't have another like. Oh, okay. So let's get into because you kind of covered my second one, which was you know there is some talent here. It's not like the last couple where it's like they hired some people who were walking past the past the building. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's not fair to say of uh, <laughs> Warriors the of Virtue. I just realized, it's like, no, yeah, no, there were good actors there. It's yeah. just they were on something. <laughs> it anyway, was, yeah, it was like we have to make a Power Rangers uh, Ninja Turtles film with kangaroos. <laughs> Not very well done either. That's for some reason uh, references a uh, Quentin Tarantino film. True. That was, that was a Quentin Tarantino film, The Warriors, right? Uh, I when don't know. Where he says, Warriors come out and play. Yay. I don't remember. Because that's from another movie. Yes. That is. And I remember hearing it in that film and going, 
y'all are making that reference here this is that wasn't a kid's film <laughs> anyway yeah enough about warriors um and warriors of virtue yeah i don't have that's pretty much the end of my likes what is okay. your first dislike my for this first film? dislike it is poor storytelling mm-hmm. extremely poor storytelling be like you have so many plot holes that are just in this movie that they they set up and they use nothing with one the the love interest they set that up goes nowhere you have the oh my gosh how the the uh, norm's friend the his his uh his human female friend wants vera get, huh vera yeah vera how vera wants to get her daughter in this grand place and the whole bit and you got mr green who is be like oh yeah i'll agree if we do this and it's just like it goes nowhere like hardly any of what's going on in this film but like you have norm who apparently can talk and can talk to animals talk to people and somehow with a proper english american accent Mm -hmm. and that's never explained like heck none of this thing none of anything is there are no explanations no explanations whatsoever it, it's it's like they decided it's like oh our audience is too stupid so we're not going to give them the understanding of what's going on but there again be like be like shame on you shame on you for thinking that young children are not interested in story are not interested in character are not interested in anything except stupidity. This movie is stupid. And you're making your audience, you're like you're playing like your audience is dumber than a brick because they're not going to ask a billion questions. Well, guess what? Kids ask questions all of the freaking time. And you are doing a disservice to your own viewing audience when you're not giving explanations. Be like, make it funny, make it quirky. Grand, this movie is not funny at all in no. any fashion or form it's stupid it's not even funny stupid it's just stupid it, it's when someone makes a joke and the joke does not land yeah it'd be like it goes, at all it goes it'd be like most jokes go don't dumb right jokes in this movie they go don't don't and they just go flying off somewhere else uh-huh. because it's not funny they're bad references but i'll get there and get there but story-wise it's abysmal storytelling like oh my gosh there again plot threads go nowhere we have norm who is claimed to be like he's the king he's the king of the north we're never giving any explanation why he's supposed to be the king of the north because he's the grandson of the king of the north yeah he's the grandson of the king so of the it's north. entirely uh and his older brother it's his older brother who's supposed to be king or except that he's not the one that is going to get it. Yeah, which is weird. Because his older brother is too busy performing for tourists. Literally making performances for the tourists who are coming up here. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Yeah, stupid. Oh, I'll get there in yeah. a minute. Finish. Finish. Ah, uh, finish him. No, f- finish your first just yes, like then i will open up into mine i got you gotcha so in conclusion the story is stupid it's it's doing a disservice to its own audience and all the reviews i've seen and people who have talked about this movie is like you would see little kids again this is a little kids film 
be like walking around how bored they are in this film. If your audience is bored with the movie, how do you think the adults are going to feel about your film? Mm -hmm. Now, Grant, understanding this is supposed to be a direct to... It was supposed to be a direct video yes, film. But then they decided to pull... They're like, oh, yeah, this will do great in theaters. What were you thinking? But overall, this is this actually worries me if we ever do any other stri these straight to DVD toy films. Oh gosh, that this, have this come is, up in the last fifteen years. Yeah. Cringe the moment. But this is a terrible story. Be like the storytelling is abysmal. Like one, you have Norm who is be like he he wants to save the Arctic. He wants to save his his home. Fair. He wants to save his world. Fine. And so what he does, he goes to New York to audition for the commercial for the condos to go work for the guy who's going to, and here's the thing, here's the thing, be like, one, the uh, the corporation where Mr. Green works, be like, their approval rating was three, was a three. And so if Norm would have done nothing, it would have never happened. So Norm going to New York, getting the audition, becoming the mascot of this company and causing its ratings to go up mm -hmm. where they get funding for it. They get funding for this thing. And they're like, and now everything that's going on, everything that's gone wrong is Norm's fault because he decided to leave. Yeah. For, for no reason. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But like, it's so stupid. It's like one why in the world would you put uh, condos in the Arctic? I know it's a stupid plot idea, but there again, even one of the characters does say, this is a stupid idea. I agree with the character. Like this is A lot of characters say this is a, character say this is a stupid citizens. idea. Yeah. So the entire premise of the film be like, could have been Norm be like, knows all this information beforehand. And there again, it's only a plot to figure out where the grandfather is and why in the world is he with the green were never explained. All except be like, oh, I had this, I had to run it with a, a nasty polar bear. And apparently the people in New York are too stupid to realize that this is actual an actual um polar bear, which he doesn't look like a polar bear, he looks like a white dog. <laughs> because here here's another thing. Here's another thing. So you have the polar bears from the Coca-Cola commercials, right? I wish. They look all nice and cute and fluffy. They're appealing to look at. Then you have Norm of the North. I would like to point out that the Coca-Cola polar bears were animated in the early 90s. Yes! And look, and computer animated. Yeah! When the technology was still bad. Now, granted, they were animated a lot of times over the years. But they've mm. been, but the first commercials. Yes! <laughs> I got. I actually got to look that date up. But when anyways, did the Coca-Cola polar bears get announced? Because I know it was a while. Because my yeah. mama has been collecting the things for a while. <laughs> but overall, be like this story makes no sense. It's a terrible story. Be like the the story could have been that Mister Mister Green, you know, Mister Green Green decides to be like he wants to make condos. He doesn't have the. Uh, he doesn't I mean, like he can't make them because he doesn't have the approval ratings. So all he had to do is give Norm that information and Norm never leaves the Arctic. Story over. The 
Okay. Like sort be like none of this happens. But then Norm just decides that oh I'm because the stupid seagull, the stupid seagull decides to be like oh you need to go audition for this. Why? It's stupid. So, the Coca Cola polar bears. Yes. They while they has been a thing with Coca-Cola polar bears actually going back a lot farther. Yes. The ones we think of that commercial called Northern Lights featuring mm-hmm. a polar bear uh drinking Coca-Cola and mm-hmm. watching the uh the the, the Aurora Borealis yes. was in nineteen ninety three three people and this came in came out in two thousand sixteen and it looks like this. Yeah, exactly. It looks good. Now, granted, it was made for a 480i <coughs> television. Yes. But, and you can claim that maybe the Coca-Cola spent more money on their polar bear than Norm of the North spent on its entire film maybe. because of the time period. But here's the thing. This movie came out what year? 2016. 2016. Yes. That is 303, 13, 14, 15, 16, 13, no, no, 23 years, years after a polar bear commercial featuring by, made by Coca Cola. That actually looks like bears. <laughs> and it looks like. Garbage. <laughs> yes, it looks like it was trash. You could claim. Granted, let me play devil's advocate for a hot second. Oh, wow. Okay. This is not meant to be a realistic depiction of the polar bear, which admittedly, the Coca-Cola polar bears are more realistic intention exactly. intentionally than this one is. This is meant to be a cartoon reminiscent of a newspaper comic strip character. Fair. Why then does he look like the discarded uh, painter's sponge from painting black on a piece of uh, on a when doing outlines that well that black maybe gray but you know you know what I'm talking about yeah it looks like a it looks like a paper towel that's been wadded up after you washed with it you're not kidding. that's what it looks like yes it does it looks like one of those paper towels after you've gotten it wet so you know you can wipe something down and you've kind of been cleaning on something for a while because you really should have thrown it away but you don't want to get another paper mm-hmm. towel so you just keep going to it and you pick it up and it's this wad of of white grayish paper that's kind of sort of falling apart that's yeah. what norm looks like <laughs> that is what he looks like you're not kidding and i'm like why is this the design of your character <laughs> Why? And you, 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 I like to think it's like, okay, maybe this is just they designed this. Maybe the rest of the textures in this film yeah. will look better because there are going to be different ways you would approach drawing some of these characters, even with the art style obviously started by with Norm. Okay, the Lemmings, which I will have more to talk about later. The Lemmings, they don't look like they have fur. No. They are brown textures with little bumps mm. to be to pretend to be fur. They don't look like this, <laughs> like they should. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who are listening to the audio version, which is like 95% of the people who listen to the show. I just held up a triple <laughs> that I, of course, have hanging from my microphone 
stand. Uh, <laughs> the humans. Granted, oh, like oh I stated, gosh. like I said, this is supposed to be Ugh. character newspaper esque yeah. design. Yeah. Yeah. A. That style was never meant for 3D. <laughs> You're not kidding. But letting that go aside. Let it go, please. <laughs> you had to say that. <laughs> I did. Because because you can't hold it back anymore. Ah. <laughs> oh, uh, Okay, let's start with Mr. Green, the ugliest human in this film. Oh, oh. now granted, he's supposed to he's be supposed slimy. He's supposed to be the villain. You're supposed to feel dirty after watching a scene with him, except you don't, because he's not really that interesting a villain. No, you want to know why? why? Because he figures out in the first five minutes after meeting Norm that he's a polar bear who might be connected to the other polar bear he's got in his basement, and he goes to try and shoot him in a sushi restaurant, and then doesn't do anything for like half the film afterwards. No. And his rating keeps going up and up and up. Why? <laughs> because Norm, he's entertaining and he's actually a bear. Vera is a mannequin. You're not kidding. And her daughter is one of those weeble wobbles that don't fall down. <laughs> That's what she looks like. I'm sorry. The only character I was actually impressed with and, and that, that is a mighty big description for how I actually felt about it. <laughs> the only character I had any, imp I, I felt good about was Lawrence. Okay. Because his polar bear costume that you see him take yes. half, it actually looks halfway decent. And it, you can actually kind of see even the little holes in the eyes yeah. that the actor sees out. And the, he, he looked halfway. He's like, this was like the one competently designed character in this art style. Right. <sighs> this is an ugly, ugly film. I didn't even talk about the stupid pelican Socrates, who looks like he's trying. He was designed to be played by John Oliver. You know who I'm talking about? John Oliver. John Oliver. Who's that? The of course, the 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 he was the uh, a correspondent on the Daily Show with John Stewart back in the day, okay. and now he has a show on HBO. Sorry, on Max used mm. to be HBO Max. Uh, that's basically the Daily Show, but it's it's him doing it. Mm -hmm. That's who this guy looks like because it's like the stereotypical br British person. He's the guy who played um, Zazu in the three the three D Lion King. Oh, that yeah. guy. Okay, got it, it looks like they designed this pelican to be played by him because he looks like a caricature of John Oliver. Okay. And then they couldn't get John Oliver to do it. So who, they got somebody else. I can't think of who it was now. <laughs> I'm just watching this and going, why? <laughs> why? All these characters of which you could have killed half of them for the amount of good they do. Why do you include these? Yes. Please please give us the answers because we desperately don't want to know. Uh, in our chat, uh, Kirk says, you know, from our last episode. Yes. He says, I admittedly, haven't seen this, but my kids loved it when it came out. How old were your kids? There's a question. Uh, I'm going to grant it. 
we are looking at it as adults and we're seeing yes. the, the, the the bad stuff and there's yeah. a lot of bad stuff in yeah. this i'm not saying kids couldn't enjoy it but i am not of that age anymore no. And this is just issues I have in general looking at this that make me go, oh, please do not go down this road. Please do better than this. I'm not saying you kids can't enjoy this, but do better, please. Yes. Agreed. What's your second dislike? All right. This, it's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. This is humorless. This, 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 be like, if you're trying to be a comedy, be a comedy. This movie, I mean, like, with all its very terrible dated references, puns, memes, whatever, bad jokes, like, when you get, oh, oh crap, who was the, uh, the uh, who played Norm? Rob Schneider. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider is known for being a fairly decent comic. Definitely back in his day. Yeah. And I know he's I, not he's, funny. He's not one of one of the comics I've I follow yeah. at all. But I, I do know he was if he was big enough to make it into th movies. I assume he was a pretty decent actor. Yeah, he was. He's a decent, decent comedian. He was a fairly decent comedian. He's not funny. No one in this film is funny. There's no humor to this film whatsoever. There's no. There's well, nothing to this film. May I play devil's advocate? Okay, play devil's advocate in this point. <laughs> I dare you. A, a, comedy is always subjective. What's funny to me and what's funny to you is not necessarily funny to anybody else. Okay, fair enough. And vice versa. Okay. Two. It's this still is, stupid. This is cringe humor. How is this? Okay. This is not humor that is designed to be clever, to be fun. It's not even it's not puns at all. It's not mm -hmm. clever wordplay. Mm -hmm. It is meant to be, let's do, it's, it's not even slapstick. Okay. This is, what humor can we do that would make most people go, but will be funny in context? That's what it's trying for. Yeah, and it fails. It doesn't do well. It doesn't but do well. But cringe humor was the big thing at the time this movie came out. Oh, okay. It was everywhere on the internet. And this movie, I think, was trying to get into it i don't think it did very well with that uh, yeah but. true so one of our listeners our kirk kirk, kirk says his uh his, his children were a three or four at three the time. or four years okay that makes sense for this film right this they is enjoyed a, it at that age yes though but spongebob oh, would probably have been a better choice yeah agree in my opinion <laughs> yeah but oh my gosh we like for for a movie that's you know supposed to be a comedy now, Grant, I understand your points. I do. I, I do my points that. were not to dissuade you. Yes. My points were, let me explain what was happening, and then we can decipher exactly why it doesn't work. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you, you can have, like, cringe comedy the entire time. Be like, at least make me laugh. Make me chuckle in some capacity. Make it where I feel humor what's going on. There, there are points where, like, when the grandfather allegedly dies at the end of the film, be like, it's like, oh, the character died. Oh, my gosh, this is awesome. They actually did something that has emotional grip to it. Oh, please. I knew that was a shadow death oh, the minute it I, happened. I, I, I know that. You know what I mean by shadow death, yes. right? Yeah, shadow death. Yes. But they, you, they, you know they, what they, character I'm referring to. Uh, I'm not saying it's a death because it's 
the character didn't die. I'm saying yes. it reminds me of a character from a movie I watched as a kid with a character named Shadow. Uh, Home, uh, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of that film, there is a part where you are convinced Shadow is dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he can't get up out of the hole. True. And there's no way the dog and cat can tell the humans where Shadow is. Yeah. And then at the last minute, yeah. Shadow comes over the hill, obviously injured, but he worked his way out there. And they do the whole run thing and all that kind of stuff. And that's a powerful moment in that film. It is. That's what they're trying to do here. And it's except no, abysmal. it didn't work. It's abysmal executed because execution. we knew it was coming. It, yeah, was we no, knew it was coming. There was not that tug at the heartstrings. Like, no. I didn't even care when he fell off the stupid boat. Yeah. Because, like, well, I watched it and I was like, oh, they killed my grandfather off. Cool. I hope he stays dead. He didn't. And there again, the comedy, going back to my point, the comedy in this movie be like, it's either supposed to make you cringe, which it does in some ways. But it's not funny cringe. It's not funny cringe. It's just like, oh my gosh, that is terrible. That was a terrible execution. And then I get into the lemmings. Hang on before you get into lemmings, because that is my second dislike. <laughs> the, men, the, the lemmings are trying to be minions they are and failing Miserable. because here's the thing minions are actually funny yes they are they are overplayed in their films yeah we've already reviewed but, their films but they are not usually the thing they are they they at least have funny moments they elicit chuckles and yes. laughs mm -hmm. here first off let me touch on the most overplayed joke in this film involving the lemmings. Oh, gosh, no. The no. fact that no. the lemmings are indestructible. And they, and it's it's one thing, it's like, oh, they're going to get hit, but then bounce back up. Yeah. If they had done it like that most of the time, I'd have been fine. Mm -hmm. Maybe on the first one, you do the, oh, are they fine thing before they pop back up like, like popcorn. Mm -hmm. That would be fine. You give it, a, give it you that three or four seconds. Oh, is it actually fine? Because when they are squished, they actually look like they're in pain. <laughs> but then they pop back up like nothing's the problem. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is how they are. It's like, oh, you guys are indestructible. Looney Tune characters. Right. And they do that a couple more times throughout the film. It's dragged and on. And drag the joke every time. It's like, oh, they're not, they're okay, aren't they? Okay, yeah, they're fine. Ha ha ha, they're indestructible. Ha 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 ha. And the worst one is at the very end. Remind me which one that is. They're having the end of movie dance party. Oh gosh. And yes. Norm attempts to crowd surf on the lemmings, lemmings and of course squish. squishes them and so you've got a norm shaped uh lemon lemon pie thing right there it looks like it looks like you know the those little poppable things for yeah. the, the because it's like it looks like that except it's shaped like norm yeah and they even do the whole thing wait for it yeah oh my gosh ah they're indestructible it's like and that one was longer than the others. It was longer than the first one. Yes. And I'm like, why are you doing this? This was kind of funny the first time. You killed the joke the rest of the time. So you do this last one and you play it out longer. 
Are you trying to make us think, oh, maybe the lemmings aren't indestructible? Maybe Norm finally killed some lemmings. <laughs> he killed his little bit. Disney killed more. Walt Di- the Walt Disney Corporation killed more lemmings in a documentary than this guy did. You know what I'm referring to. By the way, lemmings are not so stupid that they will follow each other off a cliff. That was Disney trying to get something funny, and half the time they were throwing the lemmings off the cliff themselves off camera. <laughs> Fun which, fact. Which movie you're referring to? It's a nature documentary Disney did way back in the day oh. involving the Arctic. Oh, And they were showing the lemmings, and they were showing that the lemmings were... What what they said was that the lemmings were so stupid they would fo- they would follow each other off a cliff, cliff to their deaths, and they don't they're not actually that stupid. <laughs> that was the Walt Disney Corporation throwing the lemmings off the cliff because they weren't just watching the lemmings walk up to the cliff and then that would make sense. Yeah, no, you it was literally the camera is parked over the edge, facing down, and all these, and you see this lemming fall fall and what was really happening is some director was off screen going boop pick another one up boop pick another one up oh my boop. gosh that is so cruel yes that's cruel it's cruel oh i don't gosh. remember what the documentary is but this is the thing that happened i'm pretty sure this is not on disney plus it is not on disney plus <laughs> or if it is i hadn't found it and i don't remember the name of it so i haven't yeah. gone and looked but this happened and this is the source of the idea that has plagued our plagued everyone about lemmings there is even a video game based off this concept called lemmings really yes so this is the first time i've seen lemmings a that weren't so stupid that they would follow each other stupidly off a cliff they changed that by making them indestructible and then make the stupid poppables joke throughout the entire film i think they're called poppables i don't i could be wrong there could be but and then half the time they are the lemmings ex machina throughout this whole thing because apparently they can do anything. Yeah, they really. Ugh, I hate these stupid things. Yeah, and the 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 joke that got so boring, like they dragged this one joke. They I think they did it twice. I think with the lemmings peeing into something, peeing they and fart joke. Did it okay? First off, yeah, they do it in Mr. Green's. Uh, Offices, secretary's waiting yeah. area. Yeah, what where True. the rest of the ones are, and they yes. do this long one. It's like, oh my! It, it it's one of those things where if they had done it short, I wouldn't have liked it. Admittedly, but yeah. I could have at least stood it better. But it kept. They just dragged it out more and, and more, going and, more. and going. And at one point, you're going, "Are we gonna? Are we done? Yeah." Is this supposed to be funny? I, I know you're supposed to be trying to make it awkward, and maybe that would work, but uh, no, no, this is not funny. Yeah, I don't know why you think this is funny. This is actually disgusting. Yeah, be like one, be like it's and like then, oh, you said a long flight. You were in a freaking house the entire time. You had toilets, water, huh? You had toilets, yeah, which they obviously used. So why are you making Two. this joke of a to hold it? And they do it again when they pee on the little <laughs> tree later on in his office. Oh, five God. seconds after this. Yeah. Why? It was not that funny to begin with. Why did you repeat this joke? Because they think they're funny and they're not. 
It wasn't a funny film. This, it was trying to be a certain type yeah. of humor, and it failed. It miserably. failed miserably. Miserably. What is your third dislike? My Oh, yeah, because you've already done yours. Yeah, I kind of jumped in on yours because yours. it was also my second. Yes. So. Okay. Design and execution. <laughs> Poor. Design execution. So here's why. Yes, Norm is still alive. He wasn't executed very well. <laughs> Execute him. Finish him. Execute order. Six Get six over six. here. <laughs> Sub-Zero wins. <laughs> that would have been a better conclusion than yes. this film. But be like, you, you have the design of the animals, including Norm, who's supposed to be a freaking polar bear, but he doesn't look like a polar bear. He looks like a white dog. Pretty much a big white dog. A big white dog. It'd be like, now, all granted, the polar bears don't look like bears. They're again, go back to our first reference. His girlfriend is the closest one that looks like a polar bear. And oh my gosh, Elizabeth. those eyes. Oh my gosh. So she's supposed to be cute and adorable yeah. and yeah. sell plushies. Oh my gosh. If, if they sold merchandise to this, oh gosh. I'm not surprised they did, but still. Oh my gosh. Like design wise, the characters look abysmal. The humans look worse. People be like, if you haven't seen the film, be like, don't go bother. Be like, if you want to watch something cringy, go watch it. It's still on Netflix for a time. But oh my word, the design aspects, character design is horrendous. Be like, I understand. There again, some creativity was there a little bit. There again, cracking the fissure, cracking the hole, Mm -hmm. cracking the you know wall or what have you. But this oh my gosh like like the the killer well oh my gosh anything anytime that stupid well showed up i was like ah okay that looks bad admittedly bad let's say that admittedly i will admit the scene where uh the the killer well shows up and he's doing the dancing and the thing and and the other says, "How many times have I told you this is not Orlando? This is the Arctic." And the and the, and the well stops and thinks, "Like, okay, what am I gonna do?" He sees the seal and he eats them. That got me a giggle. That was actually that funny. was funny. That was actually funny. I was so like, this movie actually had one giggle. It had one joke. One joke. <laughs> and it was actually funny. Other, it was crap. Otherwise, going back to the design, the backgrounds so simple. They're they're not they even in focus most of the time. They're, they're out of focus. They're blurred. The whole inch, I'm like, what in the world's going on? Let me refi- Car- let me refine that. Okay, it's not that they're just out of focus. It's that they're, uh, they're they're out of focus when they should be in focus. Exactly, because they're poorly made and they were trying to distract you from them existing. Yes, exactly. And imagine if they had this in HD. <sighs> oh my gosh! But yeah, this is, wait, look, we were watching it in HD. We were that's right. We were watching in HD. Imagine oh, 4K. Oh. oh, oh my God! Or worse, where's the bleach? 8K. Ah, bleach in my eyes. Thank you very much. This was like, put in a theater, and it would have been at 8K. Oh my God! <laughs> scary people, scary. Like, yes, never release this film ever again in theaters. If you know what's good for you. To quote Rick Moranis in Spaceballs, "Never show this again, ever." <laughs> so yeah. The character design, backgrounds, models, the whole enchilada. Like, oh my gosh, what were they thinking? There again, understanding this was supposed to be a direct-to-video 
movie. Yes. That they decided to throw it in theaters for some stupid reason. Now, granted, the movie made money. I don't know how. It it made money on it, taking TV release. How it, it made money because people took their kids to the theater so they didn't have to be at home in the middle of winter. That's true. That's why it made money. That makes sense. And but their still, other choices why? that would have been out at that time would probably have been Oscar bait. True. Which no kid wants to watch. That is true. But design-wise of characters, execution of characters is abysmal. Like, even background characters, they literally just blur, just go out of focus for no reason. You don't understand why. And just over and over again, be like the Mr. Green. It's like, I understand trying to energetic and bouncy and, you know, rubbery and stretch, you know, pull and stretch kind of characters. I get that. Uh, the, 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 our uh, Barbie doll character who does actually oh. nothing. Oh, you mean Suki. Suki. That's not her name, but she reminded me. I think it's uh, Suki on uh, Jersey shore. Okay. That's who she reminded me of. Okay. You don't know who I'm talking about, do you? I think so, but I'm not sure what your reference is referring to. The secretary? No. I'm the, assuming that's the, who you the, mean by the, the Barbie doll. No, the, the main girl. The, the Vera? Main, yeah, Vera. Vera ain't no Barbie doll. Oh, I agree, but it's just more like like Barbie doll. Just blank. Nothing. Like, there again, character development goes nowhere. See, Vera is an old Navy mannequin. You know the you're ones. You're not kidding. You know, that's a better with, description. You know the ones with the creepy smiles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're not kidding. But there again, design and execution are poor in this movie. It's so there again. It's supposed to be a direct to film, direct to DVD, or direct to be like go and pay for this movie. Because there again, like what Drew said, when it came to be like watching the trailers of this thing, made you not want to go watch it. Yeah. Because I looked that should at have it. been a clear sign. Don't put this in theaters. Put it out on DVD and just let it sit there. When I saw this, tra- saw the commercial for this, Grant, I actually saw it on a trailer. Mm-hmm. I think I was watching Paul Blart Mall Cop Two for some reason. Okay. Besides that, <laughs> I do remember seeing this trailer in front of a. I think in front of that movie, yeah. or it's in front of a movie at that time. It came mm-hmm. out, and I remember thinking. Oh, good night. Why are they putting that out? That looks so cheap, bad, and bad. It's like, what? This? No, don't do this. <laughs> Why would you do this? I mean, good night. The Smurfs look better than this. And bear in mind, I was thinking the uh, 3D, uh, the, the live action Smurfs, yes. which I'd never like to look at the live action <laughs> Smurfs. Yes. But anyway. Oh yeah, but oh my gosh, design wise is terrible. The execution's even worse. Here's the thing, and this is gonna go into my third dislike. These designs would probably have been fine in 2D, mm-hmm. but it's not in 2D. It's in 3D because 3D is cheaper. Yeah. The it's very obvious this was animated. In, in a cheap 3D software. 
Yeah. Not a lot of money was put into it. True. It was probably cranked out as fast as they could. True. Actors, the, the directors chose the first take from every actor they had. So even the good acting in this is still questionable choices when it comes to editing. Yes. The design of most of the characters baffles me. Yes. The buildings look like they came from an asset pack. Ex including the mm. condos, which I can actually tell you what I, I can't tell you what asset pack it came from. I do know what building they were trying to be. Have you seen pictures of the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles? Yes. It looks like that. It does. All those condos look like that. And I'm looking at it going, who? Who would want to live in that? I don't care if it's like in the Arctic ones. or in the Bahamas or in the middle of New York City. It looks gaudy and awful, and it's pretty much meant to be an art piece that you're supposed to see in one place and never seen again. And plus, if I remember correctly, the original building is one of those uh, ones where if you if you look at it from certain angles, you go blind in the middle of the daytime because it's because <laughs> the mirror the way it's the mirror it mirrors the light it uh kind of makes a mm -hmm. heat it concentrates heat like a like a uh, magnifying glass does burning ants oh god and you're gonna put this a on every mm -hmm. on you're gonna use this design for every condo in your subdivision in the arctic uh why, why? i'm not even talking about the stupidity of building condos in the Arctic, mm -hmm. because I want to be fair here. Fair. Okay. Because the problem here starts from the very beginning. Very true. Tourists. Yes. On a cruise ship regularly are going up here and looking at the polar bears. Yes. Okay. First off, there are Alaskan cruises. Yeah. I think you can see polar bears on them. But... They don't get that close. No. You don't. don't get off of the boat to go look at the wildlife. You see them from the deck. And not only that, even if they do get close, it's going to be on a much smaller boat so you can drive up there that can then speed away when the polar bear decides, hmm, humans look hungry. I mean, humans look tasty. <laughs> I am hungry. I am bear. <laughs> Hear me roar. Roar. Yes. Now, granted, this is a, this is a cartoon universe. The rules of reality are relaxed significantly. Yes, but why do most of these people not look cold? Oh my gosh! Yeah, they look like they're just on a warm summer day. Yes, this is the Arctic. Oh, like, no, are oh you? Oh my gosh! I'm cold. Are you trying to tell me that this may be at some future point when? global warming or climate change or whatever it's being called now has gotten so bad that it's a nice crisp 40 degrees in the Arctic. Is that what you're telling me? Maybe. Because if that's the case, you ought to tell me that and, and get it out of the way instead of just alluding to it. Then I can understand what I'm looking at. Secondly, why is it if but no human has thought it weird at all that the animals are doing dance numbers for them. 
and and, and, and like, in the Arctic. They are wild animals. You 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 find it a surprise that you can talk to two of them. Yes, because that's weird. Yes, but why do you not also find it a surprise when they are pretty much bounce dancing around to a Beyonce Knowles knockoff song? Actually, it wouldn't Beyonce. It was no. more uh, Britney Spears. Yes. And either way, side note, they only had one song, f- the lyrics in this film, and they overplay it again and again. Yes, and oh again, my gosh. And again. No, and, if, and, and you don't actually, you're not able to hear the lyrics real good until it gets to the end. And then if yeah. you have subtitles on, you actually can see what the lyrics are. I'm going, why is that in a kid's film? And it's not as bad as Umbop. Let's say that. I would have rather had Umbop. Yeah, you're not that kidding. That would have worked better for this film. A little more catchy, but, too. But back to my point, which I am getting to. Uh, no human in this film, for the most part, believes that Norm is an actual polar bear. Which makes no sense. Because and the only reason they don't think he's a polar bear is because he can talk. They think his costume is that good. Now, granted, in universe, mm-hmm. not to us, obviously, but in universe, they ought to know what a polar bear looks like. You would think. And you ought to be able to spot a polar bear at a distance. And if it does anything that does not polar bear esque, polar bear esque, then it's probably not a polar bear. And you want to know what Norm does throughout this film? He acts like a polar bear. He, he talks like a polar bear. He, he moves like a polar bear. The way the polar bears do it, and you think maybe, oh, you're looking too much into it. The people in the costumes who Norm is trying to beat are obviously not polar bears, but they are, that people can tell that they're not polar bears, but they can't tell Norm is. And Norm is acting realistically in universe mm-hmm. as way polar bears would to the point where it scares the living daylights out of Mr. Green three times before he, Mr. Green decides, Ooh, I'm going to train him up in the sushi restaurant. Yes. This. Okay. Then your point. Mm-hmm. About the fact that his the way he's going to save the Arctic yeah. is by selling the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Now, throw away the fact that it's dumb to build homes in the Arctic anyway, because yeah. they kind of at least explain that we don't care if people want to live up there or not. We're just trying to sell them on the idea because we know nobody's going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to uh, get money. And, of course, the head of the Polar Council is in on this. It's like, if you're the head of the Polar Council, why do you need the approval rating to go up? Just let him do it. And you get your money. That's how the real world works. Half the time, they don't care how the public reaction feels about screwing over the environment. Mm -hmm. They just do it. And that's the thing. This is partially an environmentalist film. Yeah, exactly. Partially. Partially. If it had been a full-on environmentalist film... Save the Arctic. Don't let the polar bears lose their homes. If they had stuck on that, I actually think this film would be better. Yeah, I agree. But it doesn't stick with that. It does all this other stuff. It has this one idea, and it goes that way. It has one idea against it. And all of the plot lines 
in this film, all 15 of them, which I may be yeah. exaggerating yeah, how many just, there are. Just a little, little. Don't, don't make any sense. Case in point, the climax of this film. Oh my gosh. Okay. Norm at this point is famous. He has gotten the approval rating up there to the point where it's just as he's about to actually give his impassioned speech about don't let Mr. Green build his condos. Mm-hmm. And my thing, Mr. Green plays a recording that people, because people in this movie are stupid. Yes, very uh, stupid. Plays this recording of, uh, that's obviously words Norm has said played in a certain order, but obviously not said in that order originally over a loudspeaker and a blimp. And people go, oh yeah, that's what, that, that yeah, let's yeah, build the totally stuff in the Arctic. Say, yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, I disagree with the whole idea. Get your approval rating up high enough, mm-hmm. and then they'll listen to you. If that, it was never Norm's approval rating. They were trying to get high. Yeah, exactly. Norm was Norm playing for Mr. Green. He was getting Mr. Green's approval high, which means why would you work to get it up that high and then say, "Don't let him do this," mm-hmm. and that you think that actually will do something? But that's beside the point. Uh-huh. They go and talk after all this. Norm's feeling disheveled, or not disheveled, but um, down. Yeah. That, you know, he did all this work and it's all for naught, which I could have told you. Could have told you that. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Olympia, which is the daughter. Yeah. She's the smartest person in this film. Yeah. And it's not because she's especially intelligent. It's because she's smarter than everybody else in this film because everyone else is stupid. True. (laughs) But he feels bad that now he, her and her mother Vera are now going to have to, you know, he, he's, he's still got to do his thing, but it's going to put them in a bad, bad position. Mm-hmm. He goes and talks to the investors who he happens to find in a limousine going through New York. Just so happens to know. Just happens to them. It was, all, it was the only limousine. Yeah. The he, only limousine in New York. <laughs> he jumps into the car they're initially smooth to go, oh, we know who you are. You're Norm of the North. And he roars at them. And he roars at them. It's like, okay. And then explains, and then off screen tells them the whole thing. The whole bit. Uh, what he's doing there, why he did what he did, how Mr. Green is technically still going against the rules. These are the investments who are supposed to be investing in these condos to get them built. And they only agreed to do this if the Polar Council gave their approval. Technically, they haven't signed the documents yet. Right. He talks to them. He convinces them not only to not support Mr. Green, but to hire Vera and put in a good word at the school Olympia wants to go to. So she'll go to it to clear out that part of the plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that anxiety that they were building up for us, trying mm-hmm. to build up. Yeah. All done, all taken care of off screen. Yeah. With just a hand wave, say, you're going to take care of uh, Olympia and Vera, right? He says, oh, yeah, sure. We'll take care of them. Whatever. And then they go and jump on the tank, the, the cargo of ship. He and his dad, who oh, that's sorry. It's after this. He goes and saves his dad, his grandfather, grandfather. who was in a truck going to the Arctic. The, the Arctic. And, and, and get, why? Well, no, I think they were going to uh, kill him and yep. then dump him in the river. Yeah, they were dumping in the river because that's what they eventually were going to do with both yep. him and Norm yep. after they tranked both of them. Mm-hmm. 
They go and chase after the boats that are going out to sea, carrying the houses. Listen to what I just said. I did not say the housing materials. I the said the houses. houses. Now, granted, this was introduced far earlier in the film mm -hmm. when the sh uh, show house that they took up there, mm -hmm. they brought back whole with Norm and the three uh Lovely lemmings. Lovely lemmings in the thing. So this was not a new thing. The fact that they're taking four up there on a tanker still makes no sense to me whatsoever. That's not uh, how these things work. No. And Norm and his grandfather wait until they're out in the middle of the ocean. Like, I assume close enough to, to the Arctic so that they could swim there but not close enough that the ship can land and let the things go. Because right. if the ship gets to the Arctic, that's how they worded it. Mm -hmm. if the ship gets to the Arctic, not if the ship unloads its stuff, not if uh, the houses get unloaded. It's if the ship gets to the Arctic, the investors will have to pay whether the council approved it or not. Right. So they have to sink the ship before it gets to the Arctic, but not so far away that they can't swim there. Right? Right. They're How are two polar bears <laughs> going to sink an entire tanker big enough to carry four full-sized buildings on it? And I don't mean that they're you know right up next to each other. They're spread out on the stupid tanker. Yeah, this is a huge this is, platform. This is four... This is... Imagine four houses... In a neighborhood, mm -hmm. that's where these are. Literally, they could put if they were these were all on one plate. They could pick the thing up, drop it off on the Arctic, and the bill and the place would be done. Mm -hmm. And they Which somehow still makes no sense. They somehow and I don't. I still don't understand how they did this. They somehow caused the ship with a I guess with a wave, a rogue wave or something. Yeah, caused it to tip up and fall over and crash, and they both get knocked out. Yeah. Norm wakes up. He doesn't see his grandpa anywhere. Norm swims for his own safety because that's all he can do. Mm -hmm. He's close enough. He's able to meet up with, you know, his folks and his family and all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to crown Norm king of the north because he fought for his family when no one else believed him. And the lemmings got back somehow faster and told everybody everything. That's why they're on his side now. Yeah, which is. Oh, here, here's another thing. Here's and a... Go ahead. Then. We get to the shadow death. Shadow death. <laughs> because Grandpa's not dead. Yeah. He walks back up and says, oh, you can't do this without me now. It's like, oh, Grandpa, you're still alive. Here's a question. Technically, Grandpa's not king of the north right now. No, he's not. He hasn't. He hasn't been king of the north since the very beginning of this and film. I think it's Norm's brother who's king. No, it's his father. Oh, okay. That's where his, I was confused. I was like, what the heck? It's his father. Well, admittedly, his father and his brother look exactly alike. They are copy and pasted. True. The only way you can tell them apart is that the brother has a headset on it like he's a stage manager because he's the one putting on all the tourist shows. <laughs> Which is still so stupid. Okay, Dr. Claw. <laughs> I didn't get to that. Grandpa survived because a passing orca was coming back from his audition with his with Norm's brother and dropped him off on land and Grandpa walked back. 
boy, Grandpa is fast. I'm just all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. What part of what I just said? I'm sorry. And then we get another clip back in New York to find out, oh, Olympia got to go to her school and Vera's now working for Pablo, the, the head investor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all good. Happy endings, blah, blah, blah. What part of what I just said made any sense? It didn't make any sense. Where is the sense in this film? I'm not saying you can't be creative and cartoony and fun. And I'm not saying I'm looking too much into it. But here's the thing. This film did not allow me to, what do you call it? Um, It did not allow me to suspend my disbelief. A film to be successful, I don't care how accurate to the real thing it is or how fantastical and crazy and nonsensical it is. If the order for it to be liked and understood, you have to allow your audience to suspend their disbelief mm-hmm. that all this stuff is nicely wrapping up so kindly in what appears to be two hours. Yeah. Granted, time skips another, but that's like that's a tool to help you suspend your disbelief with the time compression and everything else. This film is so stupid and nonsensical and does not try to do anything to help you suspend your disbelief that you are aware throughout the entire mm-hmm. runtime yes. that you're watching a film. There's never a point where you are pulled into the story. There's never a point where um, you kind of just, oh, you'll, you'll excuse this stupidity mm-hmm. because the rest of it is okay. This is just a, it's, you never get that chance to excuse the film for its silliness mm-hmm. because it's not even being silly. It's just not being good. This is the same problem, to some degree, I had with Leo the Lion. Now, spoiler alert, I ain't giving this the same rating I gave Leo the Lion. Uh, okay. Because Leo the Lion offended me on, on, a, on a levels I can't even explain. Intellectually, creatively, all this. This movie did not offend me like that. But this is not a film I'm ever watching again. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else before we rate this film? Uh, no, I think we touched. Because I gave it. my coup de gras. Yeah, th- this this is a terrible film, and be like, be like, yes, if you want to see something cringe and stupid, and probably watch it with a bunch of friends, and watch how dumb this movie is, and critique and bash this film over the head, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say, if you have kids who like this film, like our good friend Kirk does. Mm-hmm. Do not take what we're saying as don't let your kids watch this film. Yeah. I'm saying when you turn it on for them, walk out of the room to save your own sanity. <laughs> if they like it, that's fine. Yes. Give them something intellectual to kind of munch on something that challenges their uh, mm-hmm. their thought processes. Makes them look at the world differently. Put on SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, dear Lord. Because that will challenge them far more than Norma the North will. Agreed. That will make them think about stuff far more than Norma the North will. Because even when this is trying to be educational and propaganda-ish, it fails even at that. True. This you was a rating a bad for this film. film. What's your rating? One. A one. Okay. 
Oh, I thought like just giving it a zero is not a good film. But there again, you know, I don't know. To me, zero is something I want to save for the atrociously bad. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's just me. Okay, fair enough. Granted, I think I am rating this slightly better than The Legend of the Titanic. Because I gave that a 0.5. You did. So keep that in mind. I like this better than The Legend of the Titanic. So going with that, I think I would give it a zero, um, give it a one, give it a one. Be like it's like it's not a good film. It's not worth watching. It's bottom of the pole kind of crap. Um, but like Emoji Movie was trying to tell a story and yes. somewhat was successful with this. This film doesn't know how to tell a story or keep its story straight. But what it's trying to do is abysmal. So yeah, it's a one. Don't go watch now. Grant, if your kids love the film, let them love the film yes. and walk out the go our opinions, do something else. Our opinions should not affect whether or not your kids like the film. Exactly. If you if you want to allow them to watch a film where a bunch of lemmings make a hot tub by farting it. Oh gosh. Where they you let them watch the film. Yeah, exactly. I thought they were pedaling, but okay, apparently they're farting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That Wait, just you makes... thought they were repelling? No. Like just pedaling their feet. You know? <laughs> That's what I, I thought. appreciate <laughs> that your interpretation of that was more innocent than mine. But by this point in the film, I thought, oh, they're just going to be disgusting to be disgusting. Yeah. So they're going to go with the more disgusting <laughs> option. Is that is that paddling or is that farting? I'm going with farting, and I'm sure there's a joke in there about they had too many beans. Oh my! That I didn't yeah. hear. Oh my gosh! Because I'm thinking hot tub. Yeah. What's gonna make it a hot tub? Gas. Yeah. Where's the gas coming from? The pink, the penguins. Penguins. <laughs> the penguins. <laughs> the lemmings surrounding it, farting, and that's what's making the bubbles. Yes. <laughs> Anywho. Oh my god. Next week is our last film of Bad Movie Month. Yay! And we are reviewing a George Lucas film. We are. Or more accurately, a George Lucas produced film. The last film he produced for Lucasfilm before selling it to Disney. Yes. And it's in fact technically it was a Disney released film as part of the sale of Lucasfilm included that the movie Strange Magic that he was having he was producing with mm-hmm. uh, Industrial Light Magic would get a release no matter how it was received. And we are reviewing this movie next week. Yes. This is a You're ju- welcome. This is a jukebox musical. You know what I mean, Rana? It's a jukebox musical? Yes. Okay, then. That means they're going to randomly break out into songs you actually know. Oh, gosh. Whether you want them to or not. And just bear in re- mind, this is a movie about fairies. Oh, crap. It's on Disney Plus, by the way. It should be, anyway. Yes, it is. It is. In the meantime. Yes. We are going to hit intermission. Mm-hmm. On the other side, we will be looking at the uh, what we've been watching news, 
and a Morlock Little Christmas. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we are promoting the podcast Playing Games with Strangers. Playing Games with Strangers is a family-friendly, actual-play podcast where indie voice actors get together and play tabletop role-playing games. You can listen to the adventure unfold as they roll dice, slay monsters, and have fun, all at playinggameswithstrangers.com. The Cellcast would also like to thank the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, and pauljpowers.com. To get your name read on the show, some art from Jacob, and uncut episodes of the Cellcast, please donate to us on Patreon. So, Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Okay, so as most of you probably know who listen to us on most of our feeds, uh, we were we did a crossover with Monster on Film Vault with Nate Marchand where we watched from on Netflix Gamma Reborn Rebirth? Rebirth Rebirth yeah Rebirth uh there again I was there again I really didn't have a whole lot to, to when it came to Gamera I have heard this guy talk about Gamera I have heard Nate talk about Gamera and I watched this and I was like I really didn't enjoy this I really didn't but it kind of gave me a little inspiration to go see what Gamera was really like so mm-hmm. we'll see you there uh so uh so i watched that i uh watched the most recent episode of my adventure with superman that is seems to be going very well i don't know how long it's gonna go but i enjoyed it so far and then i noticed something that recently came on to disney plus this is um through the national geographic or nat geo as some people call it it's a 9-11 one day in america i think it's like an eight-part miniseries and uh yeah those be like they're in 9-11 september 11 2001 mm-hmm. a day which anybody who was born they would remember um but yeah just like really really in depth be like they talk with the responders they firefighters survivors um average citizens who were there but uh it's really intriguing because they go into a deep dive of what happened on that day and to like see actual footage of what happened. And some of the documentaries out there are gut wrenching kind of things to watch or listen to. And uh, yeah, this is really good. If you want to get into, or maybe your kids have don't know what nine 11 is be like, sit them down and watch this. It's hard to watch. It does have language because it is that geo and they're not going to hold back. Mm-hmm. They're not going to censor anything. And which I'm kind of cringy later on because it gets bad. But there again, it's history. So you need to learn. You need to know what history is. And otherwise, you're doomed to repeat it. So, yeah, that is besides uh, Lower Decks, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, And, of course, X-Men. That's all I've been watching. You? Before I get into what I've been watching, I'll quick jump back to Norm of the North. 
sorry oh, no. no 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 we gotta go back to this again this is gonna be quick because actually because it just gets connected but it's not actually that oh i mentioned in the trivia about salome J- jens playing a character in this and yeah. in deep space nine where she played the female shapeshifter big boss of the dominion yeah. she was councilwoman klubeck in this aka the villain of this film technically the lady on the polar council oh okay just wanted to throw that in there okay before we get back into talking about more pleasant things yes so let's talk about more pleasant things yeah i have been watching some more of star wars rebels see yes. i am in season two now yeah uh just finished the uh two-parter that opens that where uh the rebels crew face off against none other than doth vader oh yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> Played, yeah, by, played by james earl jones, jones. yeah because i remember watching that part of the season i was like oh my gosh yes uh so that's where i am in there yeah and of course i'm watching that because of ahsoka but i have not watched ahsoka yet this week mm. fair warning i'm not in a hurry to yeah i kind of already have the ending of the episode spoiled but i don't know everything about it yet so mm. anyway fair uh also i watched a little bit of power rangers dino fury yesterday uh, okay because i want to get that finished up before uh cosmic fury comes out mm-hmm. which i don't remember what that is i'm not gonna have it finished in time because that comes out this month mm. and i'm still got a whole season of dino fury to watch mm. so yeah uh other than that Last Saturday, I met mom in town and we watched a Hercule Poirot movie that just came oh, out. Oh, yeah. How did that go? That what movie was uh, The Haunt, Haunting in Venice. Mm-hmm. Go watch this film. Okay. It is better than Death on the Nile was. Oh, really? Yes. Now, I will say, if you are a person who does not watch horror films because of uh well you just don't like scary films like that you may not like this as much this is not a horror film per se Hmm. because everything is explained but it's shot like it's a horror film oh okay there are moments where you think poirot is actually talking to a person Hmm. and then it's revealed they aren't there that's interesting uh there is a lot of brutal deaths Mm. like there's there's three deaths throughout the whole thing and the first one is very brutal because well she gets stabbed in the heart with by a statue because she fell on the statue oh and it's not like she got she hit it and it kind of broke something and she fell off no she falls right on it oh and it goes through her it's like ah that hurts mm. just like looking at it <laughs> uh so not, not a vlad impaler impaler <laughs> am i right i'm just saying you can see the arm below the body and you can see the arm above the body oh, of geez. the statue oh jeez yeah wow okay and <laughs> this is not how that character died in the book 
because I, I haven't read the book, but I did some tri- well, using some my digging, using my normal trivia source for the, for the cell cast. I looked at it for this film uh, and, and saw, Oh, ironically, the way she dies in the book was how the, the actual killer tried to kill Poirot in this. Are, are, are you sure you didn't read the wrong synopsis? <laughs> no, I, I am sure. I am sure okay. it was the trivia was correct. Okay. <laughs> it's not like the synopsis. IMDb, <laughs> even on the movie we just watched, was not play was not vandalized. It was Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Okay. But um, yeah, that that film was good. I do suggest it. Uh, what else have I watched this week? I guess that's really about it. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I was gonna. No, 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 no. I was watching something before you came over here. Yes, you were because you were and I was in the middle. I was in the middle of it when you came in. What was I watching when you were coming? I don't over? know. Oh, I was watching an episode of the Red Green Show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to finish that episode because that show. If you've never watched the Red Green Show, hey, it's on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. It is worth going up and looking up an episode, but it is hysterical. It was mm. a. It's a Canadian show uh, uh common sketch comedy show yeah that i originally saw on pbs mm. like 20 30 years ago me and my dad stayed up late to watch this oh okay it was it, it's still one of my favorite comedies it teaches you and it's, and it's educational yeah there are two life lessons you can get from the entire show do you know what they are no if the women don't find you handsome they should at least find you handy fair meaning if you if you're butt ugly be useful and your woman will still love you gotcha granted gets that far i can't help you the <laughs> second one is every episode ends with red uh saying uh keep your stick on the ice mm. now obviously a hockey reference yes but basically saying be ready for anything yeah i think that's a good thing to keep in mind because you right. don't know what's going to happen yeah. in life be prepared pretty much so uh yeah i was watching some of that before you came over uh and other than that that's gonna be it yeah now mind you i walk up to studio b's door and all i hear is this guy chuckling loudly it's like well in the world was he watching they this okay the sketch they were doing the they do this on a bunch of episodes yeah um it's a game it's a game Mm -hmm. where they have where red has to get one of the one of the lodge's colorful members to say something to say a specific word and the way he asks the questions should get the answer but the but the 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 guesser always says something else like Mm -hmm. in this case it was the explosives expert and he had to say the word passion okay so red says okay when you are you you like explosives you like setting them off. It's not just your job. You have a blank for it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the answer is passion. Yes. He says permit. And I'm sorry. That got me at just the right angle. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, it's a great show. It's a funny show. Nice. I'm, I'm not telling the joke very well, admittedly. But that's what it got. It got under me. It's like, okay. It, you know how when a stupid joke gets you in just the right way yes and it just belly laughs you yes that's what it was oh, okay anyway 
Jacob, what do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host Jacob Heron. I will say, if you do not have something, I am going to add it. Okay. All right. So, why think you did it? So, Home Audiences will get their first chance to watch the cameo package, Disney animated. So, 100 years. What is that? Centennial. Centennial. Thank you. I saw the word and I was like, because there again, reading disorders are always fun, right? Yeah. So, Centennial. So Centennial short film Once Upon a Studio, uh, next next uh, next month on on ABC. Uh, uh, one of our uh, one of our listeners, Heather, thank you so much, uh, posted that in our Cell Nation uh, chat. And if, you wanna, if you want to converse with us, go join that group. Yeah, exactly. Converse is down there. Uh, so I watched it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good because it's. They use more, they reuse a lot of the animation from their classics and do new animations for that. And it looks fun. So if you haven't gone to see it yet, go look it up on YouTube and it should be coming out next month. I believe uh, October 15th as part of the uh, Disney 100 programming event, uh, the network, the official trailer for the film has dropped with the announcement. So second bit of news, uh, Paramount Animation and Temple Hill are joining forces to bring the heroic world of the husband and wife animation alumni. I'm probably going to butcher their name, so I apologize. Yan, Yan Yar and Carrie Chinley mm-hmm. book, uh, Superheroes Save Noah. The illustration story was published by Random House Children's Books in 2022 and will follow by a sequel of superhero Destroyer World, Destroyer World in early 2025. So apparently they're doing an animation about this. I'm not sure because I just I saw it and I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. But that's all I have for the news unless you have something else, Drew. I have three things. Huh. Because it was one of those things like, oh, I have something. And then the more I sat there, I go, oh, yeah, there's that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's that third thing. <laughs> He's not going to mention any of them. Okay. So these first two things I'm getting from Anime News Network. Uh. The first is that this is the end of an era. Uh. The famed anime purchasing website, Right Stuff, last year got bought by Crunchyroll. Yes. And their store is officially now closing down to be rolled into the Crunchyroll store. Really? Yeah. So, not going to be able to buy stuff from Right Stuff anymore, even though that was kind of a tradition in the uh, uh, in the fandom, okay. in, in the otaku groups. Is like, oh, you're gonna you you, uh, you want to purchase the anime instead of just downloading it? Mm-hmm. Uh, go to Right Stuff. You can buy it there because you can buy because you know for a long time you couldn't even find this stuff on Amazon. Yeah. And right stuff always had it. So true. And plus, right stuff actually uh, did some of their own productions. Yeah. Or, or 
adaptation, not adaptations, uh, localizations, including a favorite of ours, Irresponsible Captain Tyler. Oh, gosh. That is. Hilarious. And now that's Crunchyroll because it's all got mm. folded into that. Uh, secondly, Studio Ghibli is no longer going to be an independent studio. Say what? It has been a it has been acquired partially by Nippon TV, a Japanese television company. Okay. They uh, have acquired forty two point three percent of shares of Studio Ghibli, really? which makes them now the largest shareholder. Uh, now Nippon TV is one of the production the members of most of the production companies. Yes. For the show and that's for, for studio ghibli and that's because they are the ones who generally do the tv release okay so now that they are pretty much going to be the primary owner which i'm sure they would prefer that to disney uh since they don't want probably don't want that to happen they've actually been trying to get someone to take over studio ghibli to keep it independent including because the thing is uh, miyazaki and um uh, the other guy what is his name Mm. that did Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbors, the Amadas uh, and I saw, Takah- I saw Takahata. Okay. They're getting old. Okay. They need to retire, except Miyazaki will die in the animation chair. I am half convinced. Probably. But uh, they are getting to a point where they don't need to be doing the business side of things at the very least. Fair. Uh, they tried to get Miyazaki's son Goro, who we will be reviewing his directorial debut mm. later this year. Mm. Uh for what that's worth uh but he doesn't want but not only does goro not want to do it uh hayo also doesn't want his son to do it oh the fact that they mentioned that was like wow wow (laughs) but um yeah it's getting acquired by nippon tv so i mean it just means that they're not going to be fully independent and if Nippon TV ever gets bought by somebody, that'll happen. But yeah, Studio Ghibli is just no longer going to be independent anymore. Hmm. I assume everything released through G Kids is still going to be released through G Kids. You would think so. Otherwise, I need to hurry and purchase some things. But anyway, yeah. Thirdly, I got this off IGN. Okay. And I think technically this was an ad. Okay. But Walmart is releasing a. a box set exclusively of 100 Disney and Pixar films plus bonus feature discs for $1,500. Are they on later later this year? (laughs) Wow. It's a big collector's edition. Okay. Fair enough, but still. And for fun, I looked to see what was on it. Now, some of these things have, only been released through Disney Movie Club in the last couple of years. Okay. Like uh, a Goofy movie. Yeah. That was in there. Um, a couple other things. You had stuff from Walt Disney Pictures itself, stuff from Pixar, and stuff from Disney Toon. Okay. Like uh, the DuckTales Treasure of the Lost Lamp was in there. Okay. Uh, the straight to, well, it should have been straight to DVD, but it did go to theaters. Uh, 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 sequel to the cars franchise called planes was in there oh okay that's a thing yeah that is a thing um i was curious if they would have the guts oh yeah to release song of the south (laughs) is as a part of this 
because literally, it's like if I, this is the only legal, this would be the only legal way they would let you purchase this film is if it were surrounded by 99 other films that they liked. And they didn't. <laughs> so still, so there is no legal way to watch Song of the South. Now, now, if, if they would have done that, I guarantee they would sell like hotcakes because people want that film. I'm pretty uh, sure. Unless you purchase the film from England. Yes. And other parts of the European nations. Mm -hmm. Because it got released there and it's not offensive there, apparently. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Either way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bobo. Uh, Bobo has a copy, apparently, of Song of the South. And yeah. I'm guessing his copy is either like the copy I have or it is a European copy. Possibly. That's the end of the news. At least my news. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's the news. All right. Then let's talk about some X-Men. Previously on X-Men. He's a sulky, over-funky, kind of hulky superhero. Hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero. And exotically neurotic and what? aquatic superhero. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. yourself a merry a morlock little xmas is the name of the episode we're reviewing today <laughs> this is the christmas special um, of x-men the animated series in this episode storm and a grouchy humbug wolverine go last minute shopping in manhattan only to be only to be caught in life or death crisis involving leech the littlest Morlock. Somebody had fun writing this. Yes, just a little bit. It was directed by Larry Houston and Fred Miller and written by Eric Lewald and Larry Parr. Uh, guest cast for this includes Ross Petty as Ape, Susan Roman as Callisto, John Stalker as Leech, and Kay Trimbley as Annalie. Uh, and, or as actually Annalie, not Annalie. Anyway, Trivia for this one, Storm returns leadership of the Morlocks to Callisto, which Storm won in the episode Captive Hearts back in season one. Also, this is Jubilee's first Christmas mm -hmm. with the X-Men. Do you know what that means? What? Considering that it was wintertime in Night of the Sentinels. That's right. 
every episode between that one and this one have taken place in less than one year, apparently. <laughs> I had no idea. These people's lives suck. Apparently. <laughs> because they have been in nothing but trouble for something like 50 episodes now. Wow. And this has all been in one year. Not a, if this had been split across five years, you know, the actual five years the show is made over, mm -hmm. you know, that would stink. But it'd be, be like, okay, yeah, they're, you know, they're uh, a task force fighting mutants, uh, anti-mutant anti mm -hmm. things. And you're dealing with uh, things like Magneto, who's trying to take over. I'll admit that was at the last minute because I barely caught what realized what I said after after I said it. But <laughs> uh, all this has happened in the last year. Mm. It's like, really? This has literally been X-Men 93 because it's all happened in 1993. Or I guess since the sequel is going to be X-Men 97, Mm -hmm. This is all happening in 1996. I like to point out that that includes three, count them, three time travel episodes dealing with Bishop. Mm -hmm. Twice dealing with the fat butt from another galaxy mojo. Us learning four times that storm <laughs> is claustrophobic <laughs> because she was trapped under a pillar when she was a child and in one of those times she was white for some reason oh my gosh we have had not only Jean Grey perish come back to life die again <laughs> and they get resurrected, and they get again. resurrected again. again we have had Wolverine go from being just a grumpy old guy to finding out his backstory. We have met uh, Catholic devils who we actually appreciate because we love Nightcrawler. In this time period, we have had not only Morph, a character created for the show, die, become a cult classic character to be brought back not once, not twice, but three times, and we still don't want to see him ever again. At least I don't. <laughs> you're not you're not loading this. This has been a crazy year for the X-Men, and we finally get to their X Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. And I say all that because give Storm a break. She hasn't had time to lead the Morlocks. She's been busy. <laughs> But she has neglected them. <laughs> she has neglected them, which is why she shouldn't have taken control of them in the first place. Oh, no wonder God. Leech is dying. Storm hasn't been paying attention to them all year. Wait, why would one mutant being there have changed anything in this episode? Because Callista was there the whole time. She was in charge when Storm wasn't there. What changed? <laughs> because now there's no excuse for the X-Men to show up. Yeah. Actually, I do like this episode. It is a nice 
Christmas Christmassy-esque episode. Yeah. It fits what you want in a Christmas special. True. Especially involving the X-Men. And I love, absolutely love Scrooge Wolverine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. And how he has his actually he's really more of the Grinch. He is than Scrooge. Because his heart has to go three sizes so that he can transfuse his blood with leech who he may or may not work it was a christmas miracle yeah a christmas miracle that's not how transfusions work even beast says it they say it's this is comic book logic i know but still (laughs) it has worked like this in the comics and in the past apparently No, no no wait a minute there was one time it worked and another time it didn't work. He, he said, no, no. Wolverine said specifically, it worked twice. Once was a long time ago. And the second one? Yeah. What well, was a long time ago? And that one I don't want to talk about. All the others died. It's like, how often have you done this, Wolverine? Actually, I just realized I know who the second one was. <laughs> Even if the writers didn't. Okay, who? Deadpool. That sounds logical. <laughs> because <laughs> Deadpool's been in the show. He hasn't been in any of the Weapon X stuff, but he's been in the show. And you know for a fact he will be in X-Men 97. Oh, yeah, he will. Deadpool has become too big a character not to show up in X-Men True. 97. And he's not he's not only is he gonna be aware that there's a that there's a different writer team running this thing. He's also going to be aware he's on Disney Plus, and he's going to be aware of the Ryan Reynolds version out on. Uh, That's if he's movies. not voiced by Ryan Reynolds. You know you're right. It probably <laughs> is going to be voiced by Ryan Reynolds, or just hire Nate Ma- Marching. No, no, yeah, yeah, Nate Marching would be a good choice too. But no, I was actually thinking there is uh, someone else who's voiced. Deadpool before in the mm. Hulk versus films, and I remember he did a fairly decent job. I just oh. don't remember who he is. I think it was, um, oh, what's his name? Good question. Uh, the big anime voice actor played uh, uh, the guy in Cowboy Bebop, the main guy. Oh, uh, uh, Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom. I think it was Steve Bloom. Okay, or heck, just I don't know. I'm sure that it, it, he, Deadpool will show up eventually because yes. how is that not going to happen? But uh, this is get off. To- that's off topic. What are your thoughts on Morlock Little Christmas? Morlock Little Christmas. So I actually made little. Sorry, Morlock Little Xmas. Yes. This is so, the only time I will spec- I will pronounce Xmas Xmas. So I, I, I did bring up a few points. Like you have Wolverine's dislike of holidays and which is never really explained. It is more of a oh, please. It's it's simple. It's a holiday. Wolverine's grumpy. He's gonna play the grumpy character. Yeah, of course. But I, I mean, they will flush it out a little bit more. Maybe this was like a a bad time in his life or something. It's like no, he's just a grumpy character. He, he like he's playing Scrooge. It, well, really more Grinch because Scrooge yeah. was. Yeah, that is true. The the good thing about Christmas Carol is that Scrooge does come around. Eventually. That is true. It is it even is though at Grinch. the beginning you don't like you're not supposed to like him you're supposed yeah. to see him as old miser and by the end you're just as joyous as he is the grinch you like from the very beginning yeah because he's the grinch 
That is and true. everyone loves Wolverine. I'm sorry. I, I know uh, someone I talked to doesn't like Wolverine, but everyone I else talked to is like, oh yeah, Wolverine's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it's just more like you get that, you get uh storm neglection the the her neglection of the uh morlocks which i found kind of hysterical because they're gonna be like you point out the very obvious way like okay this is the her first christmas as an x-man it's just like wow all of this is what a year that has been one heck of a year but um like yeah you have that and be like and like you put it in context and be like yeah she really had no time and then she just like ceremoniously unceremoniously just hands the rod over to Callisto. it's like oh this is yours like why did i do this in the first place mm-hmm. it's so, a good question yes so the the one that got me the entire time is gambit and uh gene gray in the kitchen is absolutely hysterical and the thing is this is like the most outside of uh the spider-man crossover yeah this is the most gene gray has done since the phoenix saga (laughs) the dark phoenix saga yes like and she's she's getting mad at gambit for cooking in her kitchen yeah the the minute i i don't remember what she says like the minute i need your swampy but it uh helping me would be the day i quit cooking (laughs) yes and like like, their, their whole banter between it's like be like, oh, this ain't cooking. Be like, if you you know, put some put some seasoning on everything. Be like, it's just like the the banter back and forth is absolutely hysterical. It's oh my gosh. I love the end when uh, they find out that Wolverine, oh, yeah. Storm, and Jubilee aren't coming. Aren't going to make it back. It's like they're not coming back. You can't you can't reheat this. Gambit don't make no TV dinners. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another thing. There's another thing. Through this entire episode, you have like the the Morlocks and be like how they live in poverty but they have each other yes and you, you try you try to make the like storm tries to make this whole uh this little running thing of a, like you know made family <laughs> but at the same time it's like okay why don't you invite the morlocks and be like i don't care if we have the transformer via like the tunnels or whatever because you're too embarrassed by them or whatever you, you were able to get there get them on the blackbird take them home and have and eat gambit's dinner for the love of for the for the love of Jean Grey, <laughs> the love of Jean Grey, just eat it already. Just go, not not be like, oh, we're gonna microwave it. What the crap? <laughs> like, just invite these people over. You're saying be like kumbaya, all mutants are yes. like the whole enchilada. Then invite them over for dinner instead of be like, oh, we'll eat what they're eating. Yeah, and they didn't have much. That's probably their rations for the week. Yeah exactly take them home yeah and let them have some of your cajun turkey but oh no they, they can't do that because it'll spoil the rug <laughs> they say that no they don't say that because I, i'm just that's my thought because oh. they won't they won't invite the morlocks to the xavier institute because it'll it'll ruin the rug <laughs> now i could maybe get that maybe the dinner that uh, that Jean Grey and Gambit were cooking was not big enough to feed both the mutants and the Morlocks. Right. But potluck. Potluck. <laughs> Transported over, microwave their stew. Yeah. How, the more the merrier. Yeah, exactly. You, you potluck this thing, it will go a long way. Yeah, agreed. And my, my, my biggest gripe, now granted, it's comic logic, I get it. But Logan 
and doing the transfusion with the little guy. Now, Grant, he's supposed to be like little Timmy. Yeah, he's tiny Tim. He's, he's supposed to be he's tiny supposed Tim. To be tiny. He's supposed to be tiny the Tim. The littlest Morwalk. The littlest Morwalk. <laughs> but oh my gosh, I'm like, wait a minute. Be like, even Beast was right. Be like, this is not sound. This is not ethical. Because be like, yeah, his healing factor can heal people, but also it can kill people. And it's just by a Christmas miracle, be like little, you know, that, that little little Timmy survives. Somehow, Wolverine's blood and uh leech's blood leech. are compatible apparently why i don't know oh and let's not also not forget that all of jubilee's presents she was buying for people oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right was all food <laughs> was all food and children's toys yes. for some reason there's no children's for, and these are the kids yeah that's the thing if this was the Xavier Institute, the way the movies showed it, where the yeah it's uh, the, the X Men are the teachers or the the higher the, the oldest students, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other students back there, that makes sense, yeah. But we but, never see anybody else. No, but this this is just the X Men themselves. Yeah, because that's even, even Xavier says that it's just like it's like oh they have a Christmas where everybody's here be like there's no students it's just yes. the team itself and it's just like then why are there told why are little children's toys in jubilee's thing and be like unless there's like other characters we don't see and we see more like the movie and tells as best i can guess this is guess yeah she was going to take them to cyclops's orphanage that he grew up in because that's come up more than once it has and Give them to those kids. Okay, fair enough. But they never say that. No. I'm thinking, oh, you found something good for Wolverine. You found something good for Gene. You found something good for Gambit. You found something good for Storm. And then you're going, because you're acting like you're gift giving to everybody, team. to the yeah. team. Yeah. Who is she buying these presents for? Yeah. It's just it's never shown. It's convenience. It's like, oh, it's, it's, here's, it's here's, like, a, here's a dolly, oh, we here's don't a have, plane. We don't have enough food. Oh, I've got food. Here, let's open up these presents. Uh, Leech and Annalie. Mm -hmm. Good night, Annalie. <laughs> the most precious. What is, uh, if Leech is Tiny Tim, yeah. then Annalie is Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, Cindy Lou Who. That's what I kept thinking. It was Cindy Lou Who. Cindy Lou Stinkin' Who. Who doesn't know what a Christmas miracle is? is. Yeah. What's a Christmas miracle? Well, if we wait a few minutes, we might see one. <laughs> or we might see, see Leech die. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Either either way, he will be safe. <laughs> he like, be, either way, he's healed. <laughs> yeah, in some capacity. But anyway, yeah. this is this is we're goofing on this episode. Oh my gosh, yes. But this is this is a sweet little episode. Yeah. We're not, it's not meant to be taken too seriously. Uh, so yeah, this is not meant to be the Christmas episode. It kind of no, just, just happened, happened to me and we did not intend for it to also be on a movie that took place in the in snow mm -hmm. involving a polar bear. But yeah, next week with, uh, strange magic, we're going to be watching the X-Men episodes Beyond Good and Evil, mm. parts one and two. Nice. The end of season four. Nice. 
No, the beginning of the end of season four. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to point out that we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes of the Cellcast away from finishing X-Men, the animated series. Yay! I have enjoyed this. Don't get me wrong, but I, well, I say I'm ready to move on. (laughs) You know what's coming. That's a lot of orange juice. So not not you not in the part we're either. watching. No, you don't know the half of it then. <laughs> but yeah, like I did mention though, uh, between the end of X Men and a beginning of Evangelion, we are going to be looking at the uh, original the original pilot mm-hmm. for the X Men show that came out ten years that was made ten years before this show was. Uh-huh. Pride of the, the X Men. Mm-hmm. With with uh, Australian Wolverine. Oh my gosh! This way, if you've never seen it, wait for it, people. So yeah, join us for that. Do you have anything else before we cut out of here? Nope. Yeah. Get, all right. In the meantime, then this has been Drew. This is Jacob, and we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. episode of the Cellcast podcast was not sponsored by coca-cola though if you want to throw some money our way we'll gladly take it Norm! norman <laughs> cheers references guys yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs>